Hello, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. This is Perry Rizopoulos. Welcome back to another shot of philosophy. And today we're talking about the power of perspective, the usefulness and potential, let's say, practice we can get out of shifting perspectives frequently when we're addressing our own thinking and feeling and acting, I would say as well, right? So what I mean by this is the following. We're going to have a couple sources today to elaborate on this. When we do our self-writing, when we, let's say, deal with our daily thoughts as they occur, and when we try to introduce thoughts deliberately on a daily basis, which is another great practice, um, we can work to pattern our thinking. And I think that's a good idea. Um, <clears throat> we don't have to always address ourselves the same way. And when we change how we address ourselves and our thinking, and I'm really going to encourage us today to think about our self-writing so and in our writing, those shifts can really be very helpful and therapeutic. So let's start off with a quote from Philosophy as a Way of Life by Pierre Hadot, which is one of my favorite books ever, probably honestly in my top three, top five, definitely. Um, and the sentence I'm, I'm sharing here is kind of in the middle of a conversation he's having about some ancient philosophical practices that involve shifting our perspective. And he's kind of using this imagination or yeah, he's using kind of an, um, an imaginary concept or the, the concept of imagination itself, let's say, as a tool to construct a healthier, healthier life, right? So he's talking about the Stoic practice specifically of viewing things or looking at life from above, from, from a height, right? I know we've talked about this, I think we have at least in other episodes, that the view from above works with the ancient conception of philosophy and life being like a combat, like, like like a war to an extent, right? Or a battle. If you're a general, you want the higher ground, right? One of the reasons for that would be you can see more easily what your enemy is doing, right? You have this improved vantage point from which you can observe what's going on more effectively. So it's the same thing with ourselves. One of the advantages of self-writing I hopefully already highlighted is you're looking down at it. Right, you get out of your head, out of your heart, out of your soul onto the page, and you could see more clearly the thoughts. Right, so it's a similar idea from the from a literal perspective, but it's also metaphorically, philosophically, I would say, therapeutically relevant and powerful. Right, so the view from above is something we can enact easily when we do self-writing, and what he's talking about more so, as I said earlier, is really imagining yourself, like looking, like sitting on a mountain and looking down. And even more than that, imagining yourself, you know, sitting next to the gods, right? To use the kind of ancient Greek, uh, ancient Roman conception there of this, of this, of this, uh, of the strategy. Let's say this idea of the look from above, imagining yourself in space, looking down at the earth, right? It's supposed to help us get out of our own kind of egotistical thinking. And by egotistical, I don't necessarily mean that in the negative sense of that word. I just mean you're wrapped up in your own thoughts. I think when we use the word egotistical in our modern understanding of the word, like you think I'm talking about somebody who's arrogant. So what I mean by that, anytime I, I would say anytime we're too wrapped up in our own thinking and it's like suffocating us, we're dealing with kind of an egotistical moment or an egotistical day. What this encourages us to do is wait a minute, step outside yourself, step outside your own thinking, see that you're one small part of a larger world. And small part does not at all mean insignificant. But for the Stoics, it's just true. We're all woven in together. You are a member of this global 
society, this global community, you want to pursue this, what they would, I think, call cosmic consciousness. You're a part of this larger whole. And that's a beautiful thing because you matter within that context a lot. You affect everything and everyone around you and beyond. Right? So this is even just for argument's sake, even with this podcast, right? This, of course, the Stoics obviously are talking in a world before the internet, right? Who knows might hear this? Who knows who might hear this podcast, right? It's just one way to highlight this. Our reach has even increased since the Stoics have had this, I think, beautiful conception that we're connected to everyone. And we can use this as therapy. We could see how small our problems are when we expand our view of the world, all the suffering in the world. And I'm going to let this bother me? No, I'm going to get out of my own feelings. I'm going to get out of my own emotions. I'm going to get rid of this stress. I'm going to get rid of this anxiety. So we do the view from above when we literally ask ourselves to imagine sitting on a mountain. We ask ourselves to imagine how large the world is. I would usually ask my students to take two minutes and draw themselves on top of a mountain just to get the consciousness, right? Because in order to draw it, you have to, at least in your mind, visit the idea of being on top of a mountain, right? And we can use this for philosophical, I would even say psychological, uh, therapeutic benefits, right? So it's about shifting our perspective in space and shifting our view through that exercise. Also, and I'll keep this brief because I want to get to today's main topic, but we do the same thing when we think about memento mori, right? We Instead of shifting our perspective and using our imagination to think about space, like a spatial view from above, we go of, or we go to the view of death, right? Life is short. This is going to bother me. When you say life is short, you're visiting the future in a sense. Life is happening right now. It's not short right now. You're experiencing it. To say life is short implies it's going to end sometime in the future. So it's almost like you can look at life from this perspective of death, right? A stoic exercise, as we said, in that memento mori, that reminder that you are mortal. The people around you are also mortal. Mortal. We are finite, right? Maybe even this is morose, but imagining that you're dead. Marcus kind of does that in meditations. He tells himself literally, this isn't verbatim, but he tells himself, imagine you're dead and everything else after right now is extra. That's powerful to me. Because then everything just feels like a bonus. Everything just feels really like a gift, which it is in actuality in which it is anyway. But how do we encourage ourselves to feel that way? I might have shared this, but my grandmother, very philosophical woman, once said, you know, at my age, every day you wake up is a gift. And I'm like, well, why, why not adopt that at 30? There's no, bene- there's, no, um, there's no reason not to, right? And there's a lot of benefits to that mindset. Marcus, again, encouraging it in himself as well. Why wait to the end of life to feel like every day could be your last? Marcus, the Stoics, I think, uh, other Stoics would encourage us to see that. To live every day like it's your last, right? It's a really a perspective shift. Because ultimately, especially for someone who's very anxious, you're always thinking about tomorrow. Well, wait a minute. Let's maybe meet that with the idea that we don't know that there is a tomorrow. That'll get us to focus more on today. That'll alleviate, that'll get rid of some of that anxiety, hopefully. So we have two potential perspective shifts already. I haven't even gotten to the Hado quote yet. Uh, so let's get to that, right? So the, the quote from Hado is, again, in regards to this shift of perspective, it is only this perspective, meaning the view from above, the view from death, we could say too, 
which brings about the necessary elevation and loosening of the spirit, which can provide the distance we need in order to see things as they are. Right? In order to see things as they really are, right? Clearly, truthfully. So let's take that and let's run with it for a little bit. I was listening to a YouTube video and the author of a book called Chatter, his name is Ethan Cross. I have not read this book. I haven't started it even, but the interview is very interesting. He seemed like a very intelligent guy. And one of the ideas he raised was this idea from the Bible called Solomon's fallacy, right? And the idea is that, just to break it down quickly, you're very good at giving advice, but you're not good at taking your own advice. I think that's what he was trying to get at, or at the very least, that's what we're going to call it for this podcast for the sake of our conversation, right? You're good at giving advice. You're not good at taking your own advice. Another connection here. There's a great book called A Handbook for New Stoics, How to Thrive in a World Out of, Our, Out of Your Control by Massimo Piliucci and Gregory Lopez. They suggest in one of their exercises, and this is a book I am actively reading and I can recommend it so far. It's really been very interesting. This one is called Take an Outside View. And he starts off this chapter by asking, you may excel at providing comfort to those in need, but are you equally good at comforting yourself? Right? So I think we already get the sense that perspective is going to play a role here. Right? And he asks us to adopt a new perspective on our own troubles. And basically what it boils down to is a great suggestion to practice some writing on a daily basis during which you take a different perspective. He says, quote, or they say, quote, instead of writing in the first person, use second person pronouns or your name to give yourself advice. So instead of saying I, and this is something Marcus does a lot in meditations, instead of saying I, say you to yourself. Or, and this is something that Ethan Cross says in Chatter, use your own name and look at yourself as Solomon sort of did, right? As a friend. So Solomon was good at advising his friends, bad at advising himself. Massimo Puyucci and Gregory Lopez, modern day Stoics, are telling us the same thing. You're good at comforting others, giving advice to others, and yet you're bad at doing it for yourself. Hado is saying you need to shift your perspective. All these things connect, in my opinion, and all of them culminate in potentially what I think is a really healthy practice of thinking and writing. I've been doing this recently because I came across, I have the physical book for a handbook for new Stoics because I started listening to it. And I'm like, okay, this is too good. I need to get the physical book and take it a little bit more seriously. Uh, my audiobook practice typically is more for like background when I'm driving or if I'm doing chores. And I'll, my goal there, I'll set the goal to like grab a few things from each book. And then if the book's great and I want to get more, I'll buy the physical copy. Um, and I'll really go through it with a highlighter and post-its and all that and like index cards and really try to get a lot out of it. So that's how this happened, right? And not even, I, I haven't finished listening to it or reading it yet, but a handbook for new Stoics, once again, by Massimo Pugliucci and Gregory Lopez, I really recommend it. So this practice, I think for me, is based in this Stoic idea that Hado is highlighting, that a shift in perspective can grant us peace. A shift in perspective can help us advise ourselves. And not only that, but it can help us establish a healthier relationship to ourselves. I know I've been adopting this for a few weeks and it's helped me. I really stand by this because I know I'm nicer to the people around me than I am to myself. I'm way more compassionate and forgiving with my loved ones. 
I'm way more encouraging with my loved ones than I am with myself. So by even, once again, in our thinking, I've been doing this in all honesty when I'm like brushing my teeth. I kind of look at myself for a second and I'm like, okay, and I'll go into you. you you're going to feel this way today. You're going to think this today, but you can do this and that in response, right? You will have a good day today. Here's how you can set it up, right? The question I've been asking myself in the morning too, it's been great recently, is um, what should you pay attention to today? And then I, I look at that with that Simone Veil idea, right? of that 15 minutes. And I start kind of really almost scheduling in like, right, here's what I'm going to get. My first 15 will be on the podcast. Then I'll get to work. Then my first 15 at work will be about this. Let me knock out a few 15 minute sessions on this project today. Right. All coming from this perspective of the you that you, and even referring to yourself by your name creates distance. You start talking to yourself like you're a friend. The School of Life, um, Alain de Bouton's project also really talks about this powerfully when they're uh, grappling with the notion of inner voice, right? You need to be your own friend. Well, we can do that by changing the way we think. The language we use is powerful. Marcus Aurelius, one of my favorite quotes of all time, be healthy in word. What Piliucci and Lopez are telling us to do is to be healthier in word. What Cross is telling us to do is not to commit Solomon's fallacy. I think to start with this, jump into some writing today. This is literally after this, I'm going to sit for maybe five minutes or less. I'm going to do my daily self-writing. Uh, I will be writing to myself with the word you a lot. And all, you know, in all my writing, I, I still have a tendency to think of or to write the word I, but now every I statement is usually followed by or soon followed by some you statements. And I've even started to do a little bit of the third person referring to myself as Perry when I think, and that's been helpful. That's not so much. The you has become popular very quickly with my thinking and writing. And I think this is interesting too, even maybe using other ways um, with speaking, right? Tell yourself, come on, you got to do this. Might be helpful. Let's embrace the power of shifting our perspectives. Let's try the Piliucci and Lopez exercise to write to yourself in that you. And let's keep in mind, we want to avoid Solomon's fallacy. And at the heart of all this is that sort of Pierre Hodeau idea that the shift of the perspective will give us distance we need. We can talk to ourselves more compassionately, more forgivingly, maybe if we started adopting these powerful language habits that'll encourage us to see ourselves as friends instead of our own worst enemies. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.